1: Welcome in to the PHNX d show. My name is Jesse Friedman. I'm the vice mayor of PHNX, and I am not joined by either Derek Montia or Sean DePaz today. We've got a whole new crew in the house today. To my right, I am joined by one Danielle Cortez, a legendary ping pong player, um, <laughs> and just generally better at me than a, lot of, no,
2: just a sh- lot of things. Better than you at ping pong. Better than me at I'm ping pong. The, I'm the filling the purple hair. The one heroes. thing Jesse would have stood on a chair or a table and shouted that he was better than anybody at yeah
1: it was, it was, yeah danielle very much humbled me um, but you know what it's 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 good for my character yeah i'm in here filling the, the
3: purple-haired host quota that's fair that's day. fair. you I really certainly don't have prepared <laughs>
1: yeah uh, Jacob <laughs> fell down on the job. so I'm glad I'm glad you're here. Uh, we are also joined by Jacob Franklin, also known as, as father overlord Jacob around the office. Uh, we're gonna talk about some Diamondbacks trade deadline stuff here today. This is our official, trade deadline preview show of course we've been talking about the trade deadline pretty much nonstop over the last couple of weeks uh, but today we're going to spend basically an entire show just talking about what the Diamondbacks biggest needs are more players that they could target uh, and more more things surrounding this topic. Uh, the first thing I want to jump into is what do the diamondbacks need the most at the trade deadline I think we can all say that a position player probably not at the top of the list, but between runs. D-backs have, I mean, lately it's been rough at times. The Brave series was obviously a nice comeback for the Diamondbacks. Uh, but yeah, the run scoring has been less of an issue for this team than the pitching has, both starting pitching and relief pitching. Jacob, what do you got? What do you think? What is the biggest need that the Diamondbacks have?
2: Um, I'm probably going to start by saying starting pitcher. Only because if I think about a playoff rotation... You think about needing a strong one, two, and three, right? They've got their one and their two. They do not have their three. As you much don't as Tom, want, you As don't much as Zach Tommy he's coming uh, back as, with as the injured list
1: and starting game three. No,
2: no, I certainly don't. As much as Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson have taken their strides at points this year, yeah. and have looked at de- look like decent rotation pieces. I mean, Ryan Nelson's start was awesome, his last start.
0: Uh, as really much was. as they've
2: taken those steps, they are in my mind, are still not ready to step into that third spot, right? You're going to run a three-man rotation when you get to the playoffs because you want Zach Gallin going out there yeah. every fourth game, right? You want Merrill Kelly going out there every fourth game. So who do you want, right? You've already talked about a couple of the names, but I would say starting pitcher more important. Obviously, a bullpen's just as – I mean, they, they are extremely important in a playoff run. But if you can get three – Good starting pitchers to give you six or seven I innings. I thought you were talking about acquiring no, three no, 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 starting no, 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 pitchers at no, no. <laughs> the deadline.
1: If you could just th- get three starting pitchers
3: <laughs> at the trade deadline,
0: then the Diamondbacks <laughs> are all. golden.
2: Um, if, you, if you are able to acquire that third starting pitcher to give you six or seven innings, yeah, that takes the tax off of the bullpen, right? You can run out your three or four best bullpen arms almost every night in the playoffs if you have the starting pitching to make that happen so i would say there's probably more weight on that end in my mind danielle
1: what yeah do
3: you got? And i i i don't disagree but i for me i think relief i think the bullpen is is the biggest issue so you do disagree i, I <laughs> no i i don't i don't necessarily disagree because i do think there there is a point to be made about the starting pitching right but i think uh, for, for me personally if this is who who ryan nelson and tommy henry are if if the, if what they're showing us is actually who they are, and you know, I've been given no reason to believe that they're that that's not who they are. You know, looking back even to last year, they were really impressive. Yeah. Um I think you can roll with that. That's I true. I think you can I think you can afford not to. I I'm again I'm saying I think we should I you think can we, totally just tell I, me I know, I'm the I biggest know, idiot I think on the, I face think the, of the planet, and should I go will out not care. No, I think the D back should go out and get a starting pitcher, but I think I don't think it's as high of a priority as as the bullpen i mean you look oh my gosh we're going down looking at looking at who, who's gonna close the game it's yeah it's it's a one run game and in, in in the division series right who's who's coming in to close the game yeah i don't know I, like i i, yeah. I, I Obviously, is it gonna be andrew chafing <laughs> 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 i would love to entertain that joke but <laughs> i mean he's he's been all right for the d-backs this yeah season. yeah
1: but he he's been all right,
3: but he hasn't mm. been good
1: enough
0: to the
3: point mm. where his moments. But I mean, who who in the bullpen hasn't had their moments, right? You sure. look at you know on yeah. the broadcast yesterday, Miguel Castro has allowed one run in the last thirteen appearances, and all of a sudden, man, I can't believe eighty four down the middle to to Austin Riley didn't cut it. Yeah, um, you know Scott McCuff has had his moments, but he's also everybody. I so I really think every playoff team needs a good closer needs a legitimate closer um and That's you know fair. in 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 the new era of baseball we're kind of losing role, roles and everything but there's just something about the last three outs of a game that you either yeah. have true. it or it's you true. don't um there you know they they people talk about it all the time there's no safety net out there you kind of you kind of have to be a little crazy to be a closer you have to have a little. You have. There's something has to be wrong with you in your brain in order to be a closer. That's just how it works. Um, and right now, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the D backs have a guy in that bullpen that has that dog in them, Right. Fair. Like. Yeah. So I think. If you get a closer, then everybody else can fall into place. Then Scott McGuff can be your eighth inning guy, sure. and Miguel Castro can be your high leverage seventh late inning guy.
1: Yeah, those are the roles
3: that those um, guys
1: probably really
3: fit. Um, and then Kyle ahead. Nelson can be, you know, your left. Kyle Nelson and Andrew Chaffen can be your lefty specialists, right? Sure. um If you have that bona fide closer. The, I think the rest of the bullpen falls into place.
2: I think Cogs makes a really good point here in the chat. Sorry, Jesse. I know you were going to probably chime in with your oh, thoughts, no, but I wanted to good. point this out first. He says the thing in the playoffs is that with a good one, two, three, you're four and five, then become bullpen arms. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah, you could
1: you could start. I mean, Ryan Nelson in like a you know two or three inning burst would be kind of fun. right? Yeah, like he might. Because he's probably he throwing ninety eight. Yeah, he really might be able to, to have a pretty significant velo jump. Uh, I think Michael uh, made a, a, a funny but very yeah, fitting comment yeah. saying choosing between a starting pitcher and and bullpen help is asking, would you prefer to lose the game in the <laughs> fifth or the eighth? <laughs> you have to address both. And that kind of feels like the right answer here at the end of the day is the Diamondbacks really, if they really are are in on 2023 and contending this season and making not only a playoff run but a potentially deep playoff run we always talk about how once you get in you you have a shot in baseball uh but yeah i think you'd feel a lot better about this diamondbacks team's shot not only to get in but to but to go on a deep run if they address both of those needs uh so running through some names in the starting rotation i think it's pretty clear the diamondbacks Zach Allen's going to be on your postseason roster. Merrill Kelly's going to be on your postseason roster. Both Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry in some capacity would probably, at least as of right now with the way they've pitched, I think you're comfortable giving them a roster spot, even if they're not necessarily starting in the game. You want to add another starter to that mix to start a game three. I think we're all in agreement on that. On the bullpen side, it's a little It's interesting. Uh, the, the way that I kind of like to think about a trade deadline is like, look at your roster as it stands now and, and look at every player and ask yourself the question, can this guy be on a postseason roster? Like, is this a guy that you're comfortable relying on in some capacity in the playoffs? And looking at this D-backs bullpen, I think you're in a position where there's there's some non-ideal names like there's some guys that maybe in a perfect world you wouldn't want pitching high leverage innings in in the bullpen (laughs) i I don't think Frias would make the cut but let's let's just start going through some names so andrew chafin he's there right yeah you don't necessarily he's not the best lefty in in the league but he's one of the better ones and i think you're comfortable with that andrew chafin's there (laughs) kyle nelson's had a pretty good season I think he's probably in there. Yeah, could, Kyle,
3: Kyle Nelson is interesting. If he comes in with his, uh, if it's his own inning, if he comes in with a clean slate, lights out. Uh, I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but his inherited Aaron is yeah.
1: not good. It's been really bad. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, Miguel
1: Castro, probably in. Probably. Right? Uh, he's, yeah, Diamondbacks definitely <laughs> brought him in for that role for, for better or worse. If the D backs make the playoffs, he's in there. Scott McGuff, I think, is in there. Kevin Ginkle with how he's pitching right now, I think you would probably say is in there. Uh, Joe Mantiply, the D-backs actually just sent Joe Mantiply down to Reno a a few minutes ago. They brought Andrew Chafin back from the paternity list. Um, I still think you might feel better about Joe Mantiply than some of the other relievers on this roster right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you include Joe Mantiply, you've got Mantiply, Chafin, Nelson, Ginkle, Castro, McGuff. That's six guys. You need an eight-man bullpen, most likely. So at that point... You know, you've got Jose Ruiz, you've got Austin Adams, you've got Tyler Gilbert, you've got Luis Frias, you've got Justin Martinez. I don't know if any of those guys are guys you want to be counting in, counting on in the playoffs, which sort of begs the question, do the D-backs need two relievers instead of one?
3: I don't think you can ever have too many relievers. That's so fake. if you can go out and get two, three bullpen arms, then do it, right? Um I there there are some guys on that you named. I don't like, you know. It's, there's there's a comment in there. I don't. You don't necessarily trust uh, Kyle Nelson in a high leverage situation, right? Yeah, but that doesn't um, mean he doesn't make. But team but necessarily. yeah yeah. Um, so it's yeah. There's some tough decisions to be made, right? Um, you know, Kevin Ginkle should definitely be on on a bullpen on a on a playoff roster, he's right? Basically, the acting closer yeah, right him, now. You know, he's got he's got a little <laughs> little of that crazy in him there. So like. You know, it's if you can go out and get a bullpen arm, then you do it. It doesn't matter how many you already have, you have yeah. to go do it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to
1: other other aspects of the team. I I guess I guess that's sort of whatever conclusion you want to draw there. The D-backs theoretically could really use one bullpen arm as a closer, maybe even another guy. You could clearly make a case for that. We'll talk about some more candidates for that later on in the show. Um going on through the rest of the roster Carson Kelly and Gabby Moreno those are your two catchers i think that's just sort of it is what it is at this point i know some people uh, haven't loved what they've seen from Carson Kelly but i don't think the D-backs I'm are I'm not sure a you're going to so like right as line.
2: much as people want to complain about him i'm not sure you're going to find a much better backup yeah, yeah. um probably not anywhere for else. like Salvit Perez or anything.
3: catchers right are now. hard to find mm-hmm. to get to get a real all-star catcher is nearly impossible um so to have one in Gabby Moreno a potential also, oh, and then a really solid bag of Carson Kelly, you roll with it.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see in the playoffs, like would Tori Lovello be willing to play Gabby more often? Obviously, he's really backed off of Gabby in recent days. The D-backs relied on him a lot early in the yeah. season when Carson went down. But in the postseason, when every game matters and you theoretically want your, you know, your best guys out there every day, it's pretty clear that Gabby has outperformed Carson Kelly uh, but yeah, either way, you're probably not replacing any either of those guys here at the trade deadline. In the infield, Christian Walker, he's there. Catel Marte, he's there. Perdomo, for sure. Evan Longoria is not going anywhere. Um, then you have Nick Ahmed and Emmanuel Rivera. Uh are there are there any guys here that you could maybe <sighs> You might want to upgrade. It's not, the top, it's not the top priority for the D-backs, no matter what. But in a perfect world, would you want to upgrade at any of those spots? I was going
2: to say recency bias would tell you not to upgrade Nick Ahmed, but I would probably still be looking for an upgrade <laughs> at my backup shortstop spot. Um, it's fair. Nick's done a lot for this organization. He's been around for a long time, but... At times this year, it's it's really been rough. I mean, trying he, his strength was supposed to be hitting left-handed pitching, right, when he hits, and his defense. And his defense has faltered at times. And against left-handed pitching, he has not been all that good. No. So I don't know if that's solutions in your farm system. Um, do you give Blaze a look in September? Do you... I don't know, but I, I got to imagine that there's somewhere where there's a shortstop on an expiring contract that they could bring in and replace uh, Nick with. Um, I'm just not entirely sure what you do. DFA, Nick. I mean, he's been here yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. The optics of that. Yeah. I just don't know if Your I see it. Your longest tenured player ever. Yeah,
2: yes. Yeah.
1: I just don't know if I see it, if, if the Diamondbacks, even if they could... You know, make a marginal upgrade at that spot. It's clearly not their top priority, and Nick Ahmed is just—he's just been a pretty big part of this organization for a long time. So Danielle, I—I don't—I don't don't know if I see that one.
3: For me, you have to upgrade Nick Ahmed. Like I—I don't. I—I mean, Perdomo's there most of the time, right? So at the same time, I'm trying not to get all worked up about this. But what (laughs) does Nick Ahmed bring to a roster? I mean, what's he other other than like he's been here a long time, like what what what's he doing? Yeah. He's 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 an automatic two strikeouts a game. Well, and, he, and, had know, two, he had two big hits on yeah, on he, Wednesday.
2: He, <laughs> he had
3: a good week on Wednesday, but like <laughs> what else? Other than that, what's he what's he doing? Like, I don't know what he's. I honestly don't know what he's bringing to a roster at this point. Um I think y- you have to upgrade. You have to have a right-handed bat in there that can actually do damage, right? You're not going to have the the number of times Nick Ahmed has has gone had pinch it late in the game. It just looked at three strikes. I can yeah. I and the then top, argued all of them I, I can, right down the off middle. the top of my head, I can think of five right now. Like uh, it's it's just I listen. I'm I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys this. He. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to go off. I'm sorry, um, but uh, I—he's <laughs> he, been here a long time. He's meant a lot to the organization. His glove has 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 been best so in good. the league. Plat- it platinum has, glove winner it has been best in the league. It has also been pretty bad, but it is back to being very good. Um, so you know. Thanks for what you've done for the organization, Nick. Uh, we'll see you. Cole
1: Cole makes a good point. You don't need to trade for a backup shortstop. You've got two prospects yeah. that can be called up yeah. and given Blaise, a chance.
2: Blaze deserves a shot in yeah. September.
1: I think Blaze Alexander would be the the clear option there. I don't know if in a in a playoff chase you're necessarily ready to count on him, but yeah, no matter. I mean, are the D but what the D backs actually upgraded shortstop? Honestly, I don't know. Colson, let's go,
3: Jordan Waller, baby. Yeah, yeah third, straight, third, straight <laughs> from the Cole a. Cole says it though. Third base
2: is probably a bigger issue
1: than yeah. the shortstop. I would agree. Yeah.
3: I would. I would definitely agree. You've got Evan
1: Longoria probably starting against lefties. Um but against righties the D-backs don't really have a great option at third base. Emmanuel Rivera obviously hit a hit a big home run uh in the game yesterday, but on the whole he's been kind of up and down for the D-backs this season. He's been mostly hitting singles. His defense is fine. Um he's not a bad third baseman, yeah. but I think the
3: D-backs could probably upgrade there. And I mean in a perfect world you'd have a guy you don't have to platoon. Right. That would be nice. Like, that would be at like, some point instead of having an, a backup option for a left-hand for a for a left-handed pitcher yeah, or a right-handed yeah. pitcher third, like you just have a guy base, who can get them both.
2: Third base is a really tough position to have yeah. a platoon at because you just you most good baseball teams have a just have a consistent yeah. starting third baseman.
1: Mike Hazen did say in an, in an interview with Wolf and Luke earlier in the week that he hopes to get Josh Rojas back and he talked about how big that would be for the team. Of course, Rojas was sent down to Reno. Uh he got hurt. I believe he's on a rehab assignment, working his way back up to Reno at this point. And uh yeah, the D backs theoretically, like Josh Rojas at his best would be would fill this. Yeah. Like I think I think if you have Longoria and Rojas playing well, it is a platoon. It's not necessarily ideal, but it but it does work. Um uh michael mentions jimer candelario who is a name we'll, we'll get to at some point um just a rental for the for the rest of the season i don't know if it would make sense necessarily for the d-backs to do that but third base is again it's not a spot where they have to upgrade necessarily but it is a spot where it could make sense to do so uh the last last aspect of the team of course the outfielders you've got corbin carroll in there jake mccarthy and alec thomas probably make the team uh obviously they've had up and down seasons but i i think you Given what they give you defensively and on the base paths, they're probably there. Lourdes Gurriel obviously would be there. And that leaves them with one more position player roster spot. Uh, Of course, Dominic Canzone is up in the majors right now. But in the long run, the D-backs might prefer to have uh, a right-handed outfield bat, which is sort of what Mike Hazen has talked about as being if the D-backs were to go get a position player at the trade deadline, it looks like that's what they would go for. And you can kind of understand why that would be. Yeah, very susceptible to left handed pitching. Yeah, they've um, like mostly fixed the issue, but not, not,
3: exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would love to have that, that right handed bat off, off the bench, which is, you know, kind of why, um, went off a little bit on Nick Ahmed. um, because, <laughs> you know, it, you could have that right handed bat off the bench, come in play defense. You don't have to, you don't have to make two substitutions for one player. Sure. As opposed to what, what, what's sort of happening now. Um, but like you said, very, very. I would say very low on the on the priorities list.
2: Yeah, I mean, part of the question is right. How well do you trust your left-handed hitters to hit left-handed pitching? Right. Yeah, I mean, Alec Thomas has
1: been pretty much a blank zero against lefties one. this year. McCarthy doesn't have significant splits, but. Yeah, obviously his offensive production has been kind of so-so in general
3: and corbin carroll's in the lineup regardless yeah corbin carroll is yeah, so you have so, so, so yeah so you have corbin carroll and you have Lourdes escurillo Cor- and corbin can hit lefties um yeah it's what you do with the other two right that, that you're really not quite sure um but but you know to go to your point you really want jake ahmed Jake Ahmed, I am so worked up about this. <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted Jake McCarthy on on your roster. Every winning team has has needs a guy like. Like Jake McCarthy,
1: Sean keep, keeps um. saying he's going to win us a, a, a series this year in the playoffs. He says Jake McCarthy feels like a guy who's going to win us a playoff series.
3: Yeah, and I mean he he's won series he he's 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 won series in the regular season. Um, he's just a guy that that gets things done no matter yeah no matter it's, what yeah. it takes. He's a he's he's a guy you want on your team.
2: It was it was nice to see him come back from AAA and just kind of almost yeah. be reignited into what we remembered from when he came back from AAA last year. So. Hopefully he doesn't run out of options at some point. So every year when he comes up and starts the year cold, they can just send him <laughs> to AAA earlier and earlier and then just bring him back and he'll be ready to rock.
1: Yeah, ho- hopefully for Jake, this is the last year yeah. where he has to deal with the with the Reno thing and with the second half he had last year. Coming into the season, it didn't even seem like that was really a possibility. But um, yeah, it, it does seem like, I mean, barring the, the outside of just the positional need aspect of things, this D-backs offense could probably use a boost down the stretch. They, their their offensive production has lagged quite a bit in recent weeks. Um, and in one of the first interviews that Mike Hazen did about the trade deadline this year, he he kind of surprised people when he talked about trying to find a way to add a big bat at the trade deadline. And um, he said about a month ago that he wasn't sure if the team was going to be able to maintain this level of offensive production for the entire season. And sure enough, they weren't, right? Over the last few weeks, It's it's been... Um, you know, a a rougher patch for the offense than we've seen. So um, we're going to get into some potential candidates for that a little bit later in the show. As far as the trade deadline approach in general, the D-backs are obviously dealing with this question of You know, to what degree do we want to go all in on the on the 2023 season? That's sort of the million dollar question here Uh, at the season. ended today the the D-backs would be in the playoffs. And so from my perspective, it seems pretty clear that if you're in this spot and you're the D-backs and you're two games out of first place in the NL West, you probably have to go for it um mike hazen in recent days has talked about the the difference between being aggressive and reckless uh which is sort of just common sense right you're not gonna you're not gonna mortgage the entire farm system on just the 2023 season think in a year all... where you definitely arrived early right yeah especially this year when, was never supposed to happen right it does feel like the d-backs are, are here a little bit prematurely but at the same time you I, you wouldn't want to see the team use that as an excuse for. You know, we're not really going to push the chips in at all because we're here a year early. You know, the D-backs are, are in this spot, and I think they should go for it. Uh, the most recent thing we've heard from Hazen, he did an interview with Wolf and Luke earlier in the week. He said, we have every intention of hoping to improve this ball club depending on what's available. Which is, there's a kind of a lot of qualifiers in yeah, that,
2: there, in that there, sentence. I will say, there, there, isn't, there isn't a whole lot of hitting available. No. yeah like
3: yeah i mean you look recent at years
2: you look at like there is always a superstar on x team that's like ready to get out or whatever there's One's more on demand the than supply yeah if you look at sellers
3: yeah they're sellers because they're terrible offensively mm-hmm. like that, that across the board that's that's pretty much what it is so there really isn't a lot unless you can get the cardinals or like maybe the Mets to to part with 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 Give their pieces.
2: Give me Robert, <laughs> Robert. Sorry, I want to say
3: Robert. Just keep,
2: Luis keep Robert. Robert.
1: I I don't know where that. But it's I, Robert. I think it is. Robert. Robert is fire though. Robert Robert would <laughs> yeah. go so
2: much harder. Yeah, it would.
1: Anyways, yeah, that's he's an incredible baseball cents. player. Just, uh, just I, go all in. I don't think the D-backs are going to trade for him.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: another interesting thing that Mike Hazen said in that interview, he said, we're still very much right in the thick of this. If we had been building up to 11 games over 500 at this point, you'd be feeling a certain way. We've kind of inched down to 11 games over 500 at this point, so it feels a little differently, which, Danielle, you can kind of understand where he's coming from, and I, I think the fan base very much can relate to this. Like, it feels, you know, it sort of felt like the sky was falling a little bit in recent yeah. days and this team wasn't worth investing in at all. When in reality the D backs are still are a still really very
3: good baseball team. It's yeah. such they a are? weird it's such a weird position to be in right now. Um you guys laughed at me when I said the D backs were gonna be good and make the playoffs. I said I, the same thing. You guys you see we were yeah, we were on the same page, but like I remember sitting over in the we VIP in the VIP out, and you guys were laughing at me saying they're gonna make the playoffs and <laughs> <laughs> Um, and now we're like, oh, sky is falling. They're terrible. We're eleven games over. Like, like, we're gonna be fine, guys. Like, like, like yeah. the Dbacks are still a very good baseball team. Um, it's been tough, and you know, like we've said, they're still very susceptible to slumps. Um, but that's youth. yeah, that's youth, right? That's what you. That's what you deal with with a young team. So um, to be where to be where the Dbacks are at this point, to be eleven games over five hundred. Past the midway point of the season, and we're saying, "Oh, sky's falling, season's done." Yeah, um, I will. I'll take that. I'll, yeah. I'll take that any day.
1: Uh, well, hey, if you're if you're any kind of sports fan in general, and and especially if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you absolutely have to get down on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, new customers, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code PHNX. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 8 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Uh, in New York, call 8778 HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, in West Virginia gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown <laughs> Races in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org 21 plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire 7 Days after issuance, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten-plus leg required for one hundred percent boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com/baseball terms.
2: How you doing, Jesse?
1: I'm I'm fantastic. <laughs> I could do that all day, Jacob. I could do that all day. We have a call to the bullpen. Yeah, we have a call, oh, to, the we have a call to the bullpen. So we've got
2: a new partner. If those of you who are watching the show do not know, we are now partnered with Wink, which is a seltzer company that specializes in THC infused seltzers. But since I am not versed too much in it yet, I have decided to bring in the resident expert and bring in our salesman, Maxwell Simpson. It's quite a tra- quite a trade deadline acquisition,
1: <laughs> there, Jacob.
0: <laughs> to 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 discuss. Oh, you can butt Wink. in right here, sir. <clears throat> How are we, do, we doing right now, everyone? A <laughs> four-shot in here this is, is ridiculous. Gold. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Incredible. Right, well, first, let me let me set the scene here with a little ASMR. Oh, here Ooh, we go. Ooh. That's nice. Mm-mm. mm Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, for those of you who have uh, not enjoyed a nice, tasty Wink seltzer, you know, I got to say, it's, it's just absolutely delightful. You know, on a hot summer day such as this, when you do need to make a, a call to the bullpen – you know, sometimes, you know, people do a signal, sometimes people hit the phone, but really just need a little wink, you know, a little, that's all I really need, just all. Can you not wink? No,
2: I can't. What do you mean? My guy, that was brutal.
0: <laughs> that's good. You
2: use your whole
0: face to Bro, do that. You no, were like, I emphasized the wink. Uh, it's like, oh, hey, you know, you know, how's it going? But no, on the real, Wing seltzer is truly phenomenal for those of you who are, you know, kind of canicurious, curious, as we like to say out here. It very much just has like a kick, just a little smidgen uh, of THC really does the job. I know some people maybe are adverse to like flour or joints or whatever in the uh, THC game, but this just has a little bit of it. Nice little seltzer has three different flavors. I'm rocking with the lime twist right now. And it just kind of takes the edge off, right? Works in about 10, 15 minutes. Really does the job. It's not going to get you super high, and you're kind of like, "What's going on here?" It's really nice when, especially, you know, maybe you have some, oh, I don't know, coworkers or something like that who really just kind of nip at you, oh. really just <laughs> all day, long. really just kind of annoy the heck out of you. This guy just and will not you, shut up. And you just, you know, kind of need a little something to take the edge off. And you know, this this does it quite well. Works in about ten to fifteen minutes, and uh, you're gonna be feeling fantastic. So I try, uh, you know, our friends at Wink. Seltzer at the local dispenser near you. You guys can give them those specifics, but uh, big fan over here. And uh, also, look at that hat. It's pretty nice. It's a little sure wink. Works. Wink. Wow. no, no. Wow. no, not for you. Not for you. That was brutal. All
2: right. Get Thanks, out of here,
1: Max. Max. <laughs> are we uh, are we happy with the with the trade deadline acquisition?
2: Was that a was that a I guess hey, we did you
3: really read the anything. did you read
2: the the no, okay. okay,
3: okay. I will I will read the red part of the ad. I'm just sad that I wasn't, there, there was a, this where there was a point good at. Where, where I wasn't the best ping pong player on set. Oh. made me sad.
2: Oh. <laughs> all, right. all right. Ready? Available in either two and a half milligram or five milligram cans. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica dispensary in Tucson. They're now in 12 states nationwide and even recently launched online ordering and home delivery to about a dozen others. To find the fastest way to get your hands on one, go to drinkwink.com.
1: Uh yes, we are sending Max down back down to the minors.
2: Yeah, that wasn't uh, there, that there wasn't is, a good
1: audition. There <laughs> is a minor league system and yeah, I mean he was all right, but you know, he clearly has some stuff to work on. So we'll we'll get, we'll get him back up here soon and and see what happens. Uh, looking into some specifics for the diamondbacks as far as more more specific names they could look to target at the trade deadline Uh, we are going to start with one lane thomas an outfielder for the washington nationals of course he's a household name Everyone knows. Who I know Lane exactly is. who Lane Thomas is. Everyone Jesse. knows who Lane Thomas is. Uh, we can take a look at his stats. And if you look at his stats, you'll realize maybe you should know who Lane does Thomas mash. is. Uh, he is hitting 289 this season with a 337 on base, a 482 slugging percentage, 15 homers, 51 RBI, two wins above replacement, according to fan graphs. Uh, he's been pretty good, uh, for the Washington nationals this year, uh, came over from, from the Cardinals, uh, in, I believe it was last year, maybe the year before in a midseason trade, not a guy that maybe that many people are familiar with. Um, but if we look at the pros and cons here of, of bringing him to Arizona, uh he does some things well that the diamondbacks could really use the main one being that he is a right-handed power bat he has destroyed left-handed pitching this season he is hitting 361 411 630 against lefties this year uh, he is also controllable to some extent he is uh, due to make only around 700k the rest of the season and he is arbitration eligible in both 2024 and in 2025. So you'd get him not only for the rest of this year, but two more seasons, Um, affordable financially, as I mentioned. On the con side, he's not an outstanding defender. Uh, He would be a a corner outfielder this year. He is at minus two defensive runs saved, minus three outs above average. So defensively, he's not fantastic, but he's not a liability necessarily either. He's okay. Um, His bat is a little bit unproven. He's never had a season quite like this before, so I guess there could be some concerns there. And if you look at his peripherals, uh, like his expected batting average and slugging percentage and whatnot, they're quite a bit lower than his actual numbers to this point in the season. So I'm not sure he's necessarily like an 850 OPS guy in the long term, Um, but you can kind of understand why this could make some sense for the Diamondbacks. Jesse, please enlighten us on what it would take to trade. For Lane Thomas. I mean, the simple truth is I have absolutely no idea. But we came up (laughs) with something. Uh, Here is our trade idea for what it would take to bring Lane Thomas to the Diamondbacks. Be The Diamondbacks getting Lane Thomas and the Washington Nationals getting a two-player package consisting of outfielder Dominic Canzone and right-handed pitcher Slade Ciccone. Course, this is a bit of a shot in the dark at the end yeah. of the day. We don't really know how the Nationals feel about these particular players, but I think it's safe to say the D backs have the prospect capital in order to get this done. It's just a matter of, you know, if there's a fit with the specific players the Diamondbacks have to offer. Uh, Danielle, how do you feel about uh, doing this trade in particular with the Nationals?
3: Yeah, Wayne, Th- Wayne Thomas really fills a hole for the D backs, I think. Um, it really seems to me that that a uh, Dominic Kenzone was was called up to show to, to showcase to other teams it's what possible what yeah. what he brings in in a in a trade um they're just you know you look at the D-back system and there's so many left-handed handed oh, wow. outfielders like you just you you're i i I really like I Dominic Kenzone. I've been really impressed with him, but you know you need a right-handed bat. I wouldn't be opposed to this. Wayne um, Thomas is a really solid player. Just re- really no way around it. Other than he's just a really solid player um, and a really good piece on a on a good team. Um, so I, I I would be intrigued. I'd, I'd take this call. You're not asking him
2: to play every day.
3: Yeah, right? probably. You're not, not. getting a the, na- the Nationals
2: are asking him to play every day right now. Yeah. Right. So you're you're asking him to do what he's best at, and that's why you make the move. Yeah. Right. So obviously I'm not going to give up. A, a massive haul for a guy who's having a breakout year. I mean, you never know if this is replicable, right? But it's one of those like you ask him to come in and play against left-handed pitching so that they can have somebody that crushes
1: left-handed pitching. Yeah. That would be the that would definitely be the, the impetus for doing this, is is his ability to hit lefties. Um Michael says Thomas for Canzone and Jaconi nationals laugh and hang the phone up. Yeah, I mean it's again we it's it's really hard to say at the end of the day exactly what it would take. I agree that most likely the Nationals would not be particularly impressed with this offer. But if I'm being honest, I think I think this is sort of what Lane Thomas is worth. So I guess I'm kind of thinking this more from the Diamondbacks' perspective. Yeah,
3: this is all I would be willing to give up for him.
1: Lane, I wouldn't be willing to give up anything other than. Anything more than this? Lane Thomas this year has a 351 WOBA. He has a 310 expected WOBA. He is way overperforming his expected stats. He has a career 106 WRC plus despite that. So he's basically been a league average hitter in his career, and he's a below average defender. So if the Nationals are looking at him as like some big trade asset that should get them a whole bunch, I just I just don't know if I see it. Um, he has a 25% strikeout rate, which is higher than average. Um, 25.7 actually is a 5.8% walk rate, which is lower than average. The peripheral numbers raise a lot of red flags for me, and that's why I I don't really think it's realistic for the Nationals to ask for way more than this. Um, Maybe they would want a little bit more, but um yeah we'll see if we can dream jesse we we can dream yeah yeah maybe maybe that's what this comes down to and obviously these are the kinds of conversations that teams actually have right like teams do present offers to other teams and and teams maybe not on the phone but maybe they do laugh behind Mm -hmm. the scenes and are like no way we're not Mm going to do that uh this could be one of those situations where the nationals just view would just view thomas way more highly than they should um, another player, a uh, guy that, that we haven't talked about yet, but has been mentioned at different points on this show, um, from the Chicago White Sox, Dylan Cease, a, a big time, <laughs> big time starting pitcher available. If we look at his numbers for this season, uh, Cease has been pretty, pretty okay, uh, for the White Sox this year, not, not outstanding, um i believe it's a 418 era not a 481 but either way it's not it's not fantastic it's sort of just okay um a 134 whip 107.2 innings. dyslexia <laughs> <laughs> i get that i feel whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. so what was it supposed to be it's supposed to 418. be 4.18 ERA. <sighs> yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah, he has a three. He has a three point seven seven FIP. Still, almost eleven Ks per nine. Uh, there's a lot to like with Dylan Cease. He was excellent last season. Dylan Cease had a two point two zero ERA a year ago, um, and he's kind of reminds me of a right handed Robbie Ray a, a little bit. There's some shades of similarity mm. there, where he just walks too many guys, but I like his that stuff comp. is really good. Uh, And he also doesn't pitch quite in quite as deeply into games as you might hope he would Uh, if we look at some of the pros and cons here for acquiring one Dylan cease from the White Sox. He is controllable. This is not a rental unlike pretty much all of the other starters that we've talked about. $5.7 $5.7 million in 2023, so it would be just about $2 million for the rest of the year. And then he's arbitration eligible in both 2024 and 2025. So the D-backs would get him for two more seasons after this one. His ceiling is incredibly high, probably as high as any starting pitcher who is available. Um, and he's been quite durable. Uh, 32 starts last year, 32 starts the year before that. Uh, pitched a, a full season in 2020, even though it was shortened. Um, So there's there's a durability factor there as far as, you know, not not really getting hurt Uh, on the con side. He would cost a pretty penny Um, and he's a little bit volatile. He's he's been a little up and down at times. We've seen that this season and he's also only averaging about five, five and a half innings per start. So he's not a guy who's going to necessarily pitch super deep into games, kind of like Robbie Ray, as I Mm. uh,
2: as I said before. Feels like even gallon at times doesn't go all that deep and he can yeah. and I think he can at a higher rate than Cease does but to me this is the move right everybody talks about how the Diamondbacks window revolves around Zach Gallon. right his arbitration years line up perfectly with that timeline, right? Yeah. You're probably not going to resign either of them, but you hope in the three years, two and a half now, um, that you have them, you're able to either develop A or B, find something else, a, a diamond in the rough somewhere else, right? Merrill Kelly-esque move. Um, yeah.
3: And how often does that happen? Not often, right? but it is, it is, <laughs> it is
2: a, a possibility. But what I, what I do think is like, I think Cease is worth the prospect haul that it would take to bring him here. He very well could be. He is your two or three that you want. Yeah. Right? Like, that is... I mean, Strowman's a rental. You're not going to re-sign. Like, that's as good as Strowman has been. I think Cease fits in here very, very nicely. Um, and the other thing I will mention is the Southside City Connect jerseys are quite possibly... <laughs> The best City Connect
3: jerseys that have existed. Wow. Like that South Side
2: okay. that Southside jersey is incredible. I think Lane 100%. Thomas's was pretty nice too.
3: It is. It is. <laughs> the the Nat, yeah, the Nat the Nat's got a good City Connect as well. Um I hundred percent agree with everything you said. Um I think Dylan Sees is is the guy you're willing to empty the empty the farm system for. Huh. Um I and uh I think it was Cogs in there was saying uh if anybody can fix him, it's Strom, right? right. It's uh, he, you've seen what he's done with with literally everybody else on on the D backs roster. Um, I would I would love to have Dylan Cease from the very beginning when the D backs were were finally showing that they would they would be something. I was like, let's get Dylan Cease. Let's rooting against the White Sox, right? So that eventually they would be uh they would be sellers uh just to get Dylan Cease. Uh, I don't. I don't know if the White Sox are going to get rid of him. I. I think it's yeah. a bit of a long shot. Right. But if he is available, you give them what they want.
1: Well, speaking of what they want, or maybe not at all what they want. This is what is, Jesse would like here to give is them. Our, this is our trade idea for what Dylan sees to the Diamondbacks could look like. Going to Chicago, right-handed pitcher Brandon fought outfielder Alec Thomas shortstop Blaze Alexander and then left-handed pitcher Yumin Lin. I, this one's really tough. What the White Sox really need most right now, from what I can tell, is pitching. That's really what they need the most. They've got a number of starters that they're probably not going to bring back next season. So Brandon Fott, if they're high on Brandon Fott, this could make some sense for them. Uh, And the other guy that would sort of be the headliner here is Alec Thomas. And I don't really know exactly how they feel about him. There's obviously the Chicago connection, which is kind of fun. Uh, but they sort of have a full outfield right now. Um, so I, I guess this would maybe push uh, Luis Robert uh, to playing <laughs> uh, right so field, much better. Which, which would be a little weird because he's really excellent in center. So I, I'm not sure if I totally see the fit from the White Sox standpoint, but I don't know if the D-backs have another pitcher that they could offer that would really get the White Sox all that excited.
2: Yeah, I, I would say, Jesse, what's funny about this is the name that pains me the most is Yumin Lin. Because I just think there's so much potential there, and obviously he's a prospect, and you just never know what you're going to get. Prospects can be a crapshoot, but yeah, Yu Min Lin has dominated pretty much everywhere he's gone in the minor league level. I mean, he just made it to Double A, so it's not really saying all that much. But <laughs> sure, um, look, I love Alec, but this is what we've mentioned a bajillion times. Is this team has a plethora of left-handed hitting outfielders. Corbin has just enough defense in center field to keep you happy. Drew Jones is in the system. Obviously, you're probably not going to see him for three or four years, if you see him at all. I mean, it's a, once again, he's a prospect. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. But has grades out as plus plus defense. You have replacements in center field. Everybody talks about loving Alec for his defense, but you, I mean, you're not taking that much of a step down. Yeah. If you have Corbin out there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um I'm also I've also been so interested in seeing what Yu Men Win can do. I want it like every, every everywhere he's been, he's just absolutely dominating. So like when I yeah. saw that on there, I saw that in the rundown, I was like, "Oh, I don't I don't know if I pull that one, but you know, it Dylan Cease is is, is such a, a talented arm. There's so much upside there. I think I don't know. I think you make it if it's possible."
1: yeah this this is another one of those where like if we show this to white Sox fans they would probably, probably want to chop our heads off yeah. um yeah. but again <laughs> it goes back to like if you're the diamondbacks what would you really be willing to do uh I mean, does it take lawler to get it done in, in that that's kind of where i drew the line is i just don't think the diamondbacks would actually do that
3: because just, lawler
2: looks yeah. like your your future third baseman shortstop right yeah. like he yeah probably shortstop he's He's looked pretty good defensively,
1: and it all kind of hinges year.
3: on how you grade out Geraldo Perdomo, right? Where you yeah. see
2: where probably probably for me he's a second base. I think yeah. Perdomo fits as a second baseman. Yeah,
3: future. I don't. It, it's just a it's a it's a good problem to have, right? You have too much talent and in in your farm system. I mean, I'll take that over where we were in what twenty twenty one.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike Hazen might have inherited ago. quite possibly what was one of the most barren farm systems. That had been seen in a long time. I mean, it, Dave it Stewart nice absolutely threaded
3: every ounce,
2: <laughs> yeah. of positivity in this. It I'll, was bad.
3: I'll never forget. I was I was in the I was in the press box dining hall, and I, I ran to Derek. This is before PHNX even existed. Um, and and he said something that has stuck with me. He said Uh-oh. Mike Hazen was given a shattered vase and a bottle of Elmer's glue and said, "Here you go, <laughs> fix it." And he did.
1: <laughs> to be fair, he was also given. I mean, I guess there were some things that he had some part to play in this. But the D-backs had seven picks in the first 100 uh, in True. 2019, just True. a couple years into his tenure. Some of that was because of him. I guess he got one of those picks in but the, that, in it's the also, ultimate trade. But. It's also
3: baseball. You miss on so many picks. Yeah. Your hit rate in, in, in the MLB draft is usually pretty terrible. It's so to hit terrible. on all of them is really impressive.
1: Uh, yeah, so all that to say, uh, the White Sox probably wouldn't do this trade. Uh, but I want him. But, I, yeah, I don't think it's like an unreasonable starting point for a conversation. And if the White Sox want Jordan Lawler, that's maybe where yeah. the conversations stop at the end of the day. But, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a, a controllable starter here who is probably better than any other controllable starter who could be available. And as you mentioned earlier, Jacob, this kind of – this would be like a big move for the D backs going in on the Zach Gallon years, right? Gallon is under team control through twenty twenty five. Cease is under team control yep. through twenty twenty five. This would be the window. This would be like, all right, we've got Zach Gallon for two more years after this one, and we're gonna go for it. And I think a lot of fans would probably respect that, even if the cost was was pretty high.
2: Um, do you see just kind of an aside? Do you see Gambo? pointing out that the D-backs had checked in on Giolito.
1: That that did come Cease. out today. Yeah. I yeah. would have been shocked if they didn't. That would have felt pretty odd if they hadn't at least made that uh made that phone call. But uh yeah, I mean it's always interesting when that news actually Probably less sees of the a of less day. of a prospect haul. Much less of yeah. a pro- of a prospect haul. Yeah. But you would hope.
3: Less so. less of an upside as well.
1: Yeah. Sure. Giolito is is kind of a clearly a mid-rotation guy. A
3: very good mid-rotation. But yeah. I think he slots in like, you
1: know, as your 3. Yeah, he would make sense. Yeah, we talked about him the other day. Is he better he than totally, Zach he totally would. Is he would better than Zach Davies? <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, we're going to transition now to some relief pitchers. We're going to talk through a few different names here. Uh, we have a bunch more to get to in in future shows as well. But we're going to start with Los Angeles Angels reliever carlos estevez uh, if you look at his numbers this season pretty impressive stuff across the board a 213 era 126 whip he is 21 for 21 and save opportunities that is music to diamondbacks fans ears <laughs> i am sure uh 10.7 k's per nine 4.5 walks per nine he is a 3.87 fip which is Much higher than his ERA. He's probably overperforming a little bit over there in L.A. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if the D-backs want a closer, which I think they do, this guy probably makes a lot of sense for them if he's available.
3: Yeah, it's how much of this is overperformance in in a stadium that isn't Coors Field. Yeah, that's a big factor. And how much of this is actually who he is? Um, that's my biggest concern because he he's shown some really impressive numbers, in his Colorado days. They were short lived because, of course, it was Colorado. Yeah. Um, but he has shown he has shown flashes of this. So how much do you see? You really lean on your scouts for this, right? How much do you see this is actually him, and how much of this is just it's not Coors anymore?
2: The whip scares me. It's not, yeah, one two six is not One two there? six, six is is yeah. is not great. Um, I think for far too long, we as Arizona Diamondbacks fans and believers have dealt with closers that like to load the bases before trying to strike out the
3: side. <laughs> turn turn <laughs> um, that head to the side, Fernando Rodney. No, baby. is he an
2: upgrade? Sure. Does he have a place? Yeah. Yes. But I am just not sold that that ERA would stay the same if he came no. from. LA to Phoenix
1: no it, it probably wouldn't um and he is on a two-year contract they signed him over this past offseason so uh some people are pointing out in the chat that you know knowing Artie Moreno uh the Angels might not want to trade Carlos Estevez which does seem probably likely I do think there's some possibility where they realize that you know, Shohei might be gone at the end of this yeah, season. A dime back. Didn't you hear, Jesse? Right, of course. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would necessarily take them trading Shohei to like also be willing to trade Estevez, but uh, there's a pretty good chance the Angels aren't going to be in position next season to need a lockdown closer i don't i don't know if they're really going to be in that position so
3: and is he actually a lockdown closer you don't really yeah you don't yeah
1: you he, don't know there's good. a lot there's a lot you don't know here i was always intrigued by him in colorado but he was never like he never seemed like an elite back-end arm so I, I do think he's he's maybe overperforming a little bit um switching gears over to david robertson Please. of the new york mets uh, somewhat similar, actually identical ERA, a 2.13 ERA for him as well. A 1.04 whip, quite a bit lower. He has 13 saves this year for the Mets, 10 Ks per nine, 2.8 walks per nine. Um, I believe he's 54 years old, and this is his 28th <laughs> year in the majors, and yet here we are. David Robertson is still a pretty top-notch back-end arm. I believe Gambo mentioned him in a tweet the other day as maybe someone that the D-backs would look at. He is due to make ten million dollars this year, so it would be around three million or so for the rest of the season, and then he's a free agent, who'd just be a, a rental for for the rest of the year. How do we
2: feel about this one? That's the move I want to make. If I'm going to go get an arm, I think that's the arm I want. <laughs> um, I think it's more so just track record. Like that's a tr- he's got a really trustworthy track record. Yeah. Um, I believe more so in rentals for bullpen arms than I do for starting pitchers because you can I build agree. a bullpen in the off season a little easier than you can go out and get an, another starting pitcher for your rotation. So yeah. I believe that if you're looking to get a rental, you get it in the bullpen, not in the starting rotation. So yeah. that's why I think Robertson is probably my my main target in the bullpen side of things.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You can change your bullpen. So your, your bullpen from opening day to the all-star break to the very end of the season is going to be completely different at all three stages. Yeah. Um. So you can build a bullpen almost, I mean, almost all bullpen arms, except for like a legitimate young closer are going to be rentals just no matter what, always. Um. My problem is he's, he's, he's never, I don't know, man, he's been, he's, he's been one of the best relievers in all of baseball for a very long time. Yeah. How much more does he got, man? He's thirty eight years old. You need a half a like, season. I mean, yeah, All you if need you, is half a season. Yeah, if you got, I <laughs> it, it would really depend on on the asking price. Yeah, as well. I like he both he and and Estevez are are sort of similar in that like I'm pulling the trigger as long as the price is right. Um, sure. Because I don't, I, like. Yeah, I mean I would take David Robertson. I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but like <laughs> I'm taking David Robertson any day. Seems um, like he'll be available. I
1: think <laughs> I think the Mets will trade him. Uh I know their their owner, Steve Cohen, of course, is very aggressive, but he doesn't seem afraid to sell at the trade deadline. Maybe not Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, but Give me Scherzer, baby. Uh, Robertson is only under team control through the end of this season, as we said. So I think it would make sense for, for them to, to move on from him. Uh, lastly for today, we have uh, reliever Scott Barlow, a righty on the Kansas City Royals. Uh, this ERA is not a misprint. He has a 4.89 yeah. ERA this season, a 1.43 whip. He has saved some games. He has 11 saves this year for the Royals, 11.6 Ks per nine, 4.9 walks per nine, A 3.46 FIP, so his peripherals are significantly better. His baseball savant page looks pretty good. Yeah, he's one of those guys where I think he's a lot better than how he's pitched so far, but he just really hasn't pitched well this season. Last year, he had a 2.18 ERA. He had a 2.42 ERA in 2021. So this is kind of the opposite where he's not overperforming. He's probably underperforming, and maybe that lowers the asking price from, from the Royals just a little bit. Um, and he does come with another year of team control. It would be $5.3 million in 2023, so about $2 million, a little less than $2 million the rest of the way. Uh, and then he's arbitration eligible for, for next season as well.
2: Yeah, um, the, the fielding independent pitching tells me a little bit better story about that ERA, right? He's probably pitched better than what his ERA says. Yeah, totally. Um. I think... That he slots in a little better with the timeline of this team than Robertson does, uh, but I'm not Just
1: like sh- you'd like to have another year. Is that basically what? Yeah, you're, what I you're mean, saying? if you
2: can, sure, but like, I, I, it just depends on what the price is. Yeah, like, like I don't know if the Royals are going to be willing to, even if he's pitched bad this year, take less because they know what he's worth.
1: Yeah, I don't think they would want to, yeah, for them it would make no sense to trade him now unless they're getting pretty much what they would have hoped for if he was having a good season. Uh, If you're not getting, if you're getting much lower offers, you might as well just keep him if you're the Royals and maybe deal him at next year's trade deadline when the Royals are inevitably terrible once again. Yeah, this is a guy. He's been on our radar for a while. We've talked about him on the show before, but it is one thing to have like the nice shiny peripherals. It's another thing to actually like get good results. Uh, And Barlow hasn't done that recently. Uh, His most recent outing came against the Detroit Tigers and he gave up three hits and three walks and threw 33 pitches in one inning, giving up four runs so it's right
3: in yeah (laughs) right yeah yeah Welcome, welcome to the club yeah we can talk about metrics all all you want at at the end of the day the only stat that matters is the score after nine right like yeah that's if if there's one thing that mike hazen likes it's team control um he likes he likes Mm -hmm. trading for guys with team control that's been true from the time he took over to now yeah um so that's kind of how he would fit in i i would say but you know, if you look at the numbers, he's a bad pitcher on a very bad team. So I don't, I don't know if you make this. Depending on the price, I don't know if you make this trade. Yeah, guess it all sort of depends on on the yeah. Price the I the mean, game. the trade deadline is always like, well, like, what did we pay for it? Yeah, <laughs> like, we want all of the players yeah, to yeah, tell like, us what it will cost. Of course, we want Joey but are we willing to give it like, away? <laughs> like, it's 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 just a it's it's a balancing act. Yeah. And you never know what's going to
1: happen. Uh, speaking of prices, uh, if you're looking at going to uh, Diamondbacks game next week back that in transition town. Jesse that's was. a segue, Jesse. Let's yeah. go. Every, every once in a Jesse while. Jesse's segues are it. fire. <laughs> every once in a while. Sometimes they're really lame and non existent, but uh, it is the most aesthetically pleasing uh, ticketing app out there. I've known this since I was a, a small child. Um, I was always the, the Aren't person. are you still a small child? Am, <laughs> you can make a case. I am still a small child. But when I was like 12 years old, in in the Friedman household, I was the one who who found the tickets and bought the tickets. My parents they would just leave that to me. And the Game Time app was always my go-to. Um, be sure to snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee.
2: Now you get your ticket to the game via Game Time. You go to the game, you sit down in your seat, but you realize you're missing something. Mm. What do you need, Damon? Any guesses? I'm thinking maybe maybe a beverage of
0: Ooh. some sort.
2: <laughs> Actually, I believe that you need some Four Peaks. So you are correct. The official Diamondbacks beer. The official beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Four Peaks has been partnered with us for a good amount of the time that we've been around and they are one of my favorite partners because they continuously keep our fridge stocked with the most delicious beer. Yeah. Um, I am actually trying this tea shot Green Tea Lager for the first time and it is quite possibly vaulting up my list to becoming one of my favorite beers that they make but you cannot pass up on a good wow wheat as well uh be sure to follow four peaks at four peaks brew and at four peaks pub pub to get the latest on arizona's premier craft brewery check out um well that's part of the that's literally written there twice but must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly couple last things before we uh, we let you all go. I know you guys are obligated to
1: be here. Nobody nobody wants to be watching the show or listening <laughs> to the show right now. They're just waiting waiting for us to say you can leave and then you're allowed to. Um let's take a look at the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks playoff picture or just the National League playoff picture in general. Uh, we have this handy screenshot over from moe.com. Something we're going to have to kind of keep a close eye on pretty much by the day because things are are obviously changing pretty quickly uh in the national league. So you've got the Braves, Dodgers and Brewers right now all at the top of their divisions and this is where things stand as the Diamondbacks enter this three-game series against the Reds. In the wild card, you've got the Giants at 52 and 41, you've got the Miami Marlins at 53 and 42. And then you have the Arizona Diamondbacks at 52 and 42. And you know what? This is funny because I believe I sent the wrong screenshot to our poor producer, Damon, because just these numbers see. are not current. <laughs> Everything I just said is a lie. The Diamondbacks are 54 and 43, not 52 and 42. Um, but yeah, these are kind of the general teams that are that are in the mix. Um You've got basically five teams in the wild card race right now um, that are kind of smushed together, right? It's the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Phillies. There the we Giants. go. There it is. Okay. I was like, wow, the Diamondbacks have the last wild card spot now. I thought they were at the top. They lost four in a row. Oh, all right. Well, the division winners were all correct: uh, Braves, Dodgers, Brewers. But in the wild card. Erase everything I said earlier. Uh, the Diamondbacks and Giants are tied for the top wild card spot at 54 and 43. They're a game and a half up on the Phillies, so have the last wild card spot at 52 and 44. The Marlins are basically tied with them at 53 and 45, and then the Reds are one game out at 52 and 46. So you have these five teams D backs, Giants, Phillies, Marlins, Reds, all within two and a half games of each other right now, vying for three spots. This is uh, this is pretty dang close. Uh, it's you want a dogfight? You got a dogfight. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it was not all that long ago, and by not all that long ago, I mean it was probably March um, when we were sitting here, and I said what success looked like for this team was competing for the third wild card spot all the way into September. Well, so far, so good. And it looks like we are headed in that direction. Um, but now that we're in this position, of course you always want
3: more. And now I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> I am 100% with you there. Like <laughs> th- like before the season, I said, D-backs are making the playoffs. I got super worked up over there. It was great. Um, everybody laughs. Um, and then now I'm like, Man, we had a five game lead in the division. <laughs> we could have had a bye in the first round. Yeah. It's killing me. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking
1: about the Diamondbacks having a first round bye. And yeah. it could still happen. I mean, they're, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not, not that half. far off from the Dodgers, but it does seem like, you know, if the Dodgers kept that spot the rest of the way, I don't think anyone would be shocked. Uh, let's take a look at our probables for this series against the Reds. This is obviously a huge series for the Diamondbacks with the Reds being so close to them in the standings as of right now. Uh, Tommy Henry against Ben Lively. That's the game tonight. Uh, just a couple hours from now, if you're joining us live. Uh, Brandon Williamson against, we think, Brandon fought on Saturday. Uh, Brandon fought was reportedly seen in the clubhouse in Cincinnati today. So most likely, I would think he'd start tomorrow. I guess he still could start on Sunday. Um, on Sunday, we think it will be Luke Weaver for the Cincinnati Reds. Diamondbacks legend Luke Weaver Let's go. for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, <laughs> Home run derby. We think it will be a bullpen game for the Diamondbacks that day. So, no starter listed there. Tyler but Gilbert. Throwing but another no-no, no, baby. Probably going to be a bullpen game. Yeah, maybe Kyle Nelson starts it like they did a week or two ago. And Tyler Gilbert is kind of the bulk guy, gives you a few innings. Um, yeah, and it's, sort of we're getting close
2: so. actually, Jesse, to, um, the one year or two year anniversary of the Tyler Gilbert. Yeah. No hitter. Yeah.
1: Can we talk about Williamson's neck for a second? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's a hell of a neck he's got.
1: Amen. Well, I was making Be the crying. graphic. And we're
3: was, over here. Body shaving. I had
1: to shrink his head down <laughs> to fit the screen because it was so big. There is not a lot of jerseys showing there. I will say. I think that's on the photographer, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they could
3: have I mean, done a better it's a job. Photographer, Danielle. I mean, I was actually there on Red's Photo Day. Um, Why I was at Red's Wait, Photo why Day? Why were you at Red's Photo okay. Day? That's, that's, why a, I had to that's be, a whole I had, other story. Uh, listen, there's a reason I'm not with MLB anymore. I had to be at, at freaking Goodyear at 6 in the morning. Oh, because it it's during spring training. Yeah, because it's spring training. Oh, it was uh, I, Yeah, so... No, the the Red Red
1: Red photographer
3: is phenomenal. <laughs> She's great. So I'm not I'm not going to bag on her. But like yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with that picture. <laughs>
1: well, well, anyway, this is a a very important series for the Arizona Diamondbacks this weekend. Taking 2 out of 3 from the Atlanta Braves was obviously huge um and you'd like to do the same this yep. weekend in Cincinnati. The reds have slowed down in recent days believe they lost six games in a row Uh, they came back and won their last two against the giants uh in their last series so uh big for them kind of getting back on track but the d-backs aren't really catching the reds best pitchers in this series uh so this does line up somewhat favorably obviously Neither Zach Gallen nor Merrill Kelly will pitch for the Diamondbacks either. So I guess that sort of goes
2: both ways. A big storyline for me is does this solidify who wins Rookie of the Year between Corbin Carroll and Ellie De La Cruz? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's who's it, it really going to be tuned into this series. It will, yeah, this series, I think, will be
1: the deciding factor. Yeah, these three games, that's yes. all that matters the rest of the way. Uh, no, Ellie De La Cruz has like a 750 OPS. Yeah, he's not. I don't want to well. say that it's completely uncompetitive, but it's
3: not particularly he's, close. He's. I'm gonna drop a hot take. Elie Cruz is all hype. He's all He's hype. hype. He's all hype. Wow. He's all hype. He he does. He hits. He hits monster home runs and he steals bases. He doesn't do what Corbin Carroll does every day.
1: He kind of reminds me of O'Neal Cruz a little bit of the Pirates, where like the tools are just. They almost insane. have the same
2: last name, Jesse.
3: Yeah,
1: it, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like yeah, the tools are are insane in the size and the speed and and the arm. We've of course, I feel like every single day my Twitter timeline is just Ellie de la Cruz's latest like highest velocity of a, of a throw from third base because he I mean he hit like a hundred the other day. but uh yeah, at the end of the day he swings and misses a lot and that seems to be catching up with him a little bit. He's I hope also we at
2: least get a photo of the two of them together because <laughs> that would be quite funny.
1: That would be sort of an odd photo, like wouldn't that be kind of weird? Like, hey, Corbin Carroll and and Ellie De La Cruz, like let's get you guys you know together for a picture because like you're yeah. you're like the two main competitors in the in the rookie race. And one of, of you's race. short and one of you's tall. Yeah, It'll and you're like fun. you guys would never know I you love guys would never each other. <laughs> like an Aaron Judge versus Altuve picture, we need that, but with Ellie and and Corbin for <laughs> sure. Oh my gosh, uh, Michael says Ellie De La Cruz, a.k.a. Statcast God, is a little overrated. That seems to be the case so far. Of course, he's so young. that, Like I don't want to I don't want to say L.A. De la Cruz like isn't for real or anything. Maybe Yeah, just, it's just,
3: it, yeah it could be. It's just right now. It's right not, now. It's it's, it's He's it's,
2: doing about what you saw from Corbin and Corbin's very small sample size last year. Corbin was had better numbers last year than what Ellie has
1: done so Okay, far. Jesse. Um slightly, <laughs> just by just by a little bit. Yeah. High strikeout rate, high ground ball rate. There are some things there that that he needs to to work through. Um after the show ends today, I'm actually going to take a little road trip this afternoon. Get out of this ridiculous Arizona heat as Emma flips me off. What else is new? Um, where are you going? I'm going to go to Circle K because where that is that is That's the, where you're road tripping to. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you judge me for that, Jacob? Do you not take road trips to Circle K's in like various parts of the state on weekends? I
2: do take a parka and I sit in their beer coolers. Ah, there you go. That's the way to go. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do
1: that. Are you,
3: are you taking a road trip to the one like like two blocks down the street? That that, is that the one yes,
1: my final question was where are you road yeah. tripping to? I'm, are you going I'm,
3: are you going to one in Goodyear? I'm I'm hoping to get out of the Arizona <laughs> heat, and
1: I'm pretty sure the Circle K on Roosevelt and Seventh Street will be a little cooler than surrounding <laughs> areas. Air conditioning does work. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I'm I'm road tripping to Colorado, but uh, I am going to stop at Circle K on my way out of town because it is the best place to get all of your road trip snacks. Uh, you can buy Powerade at four for $5 and be entered. And you could be one of 10 finalists entered to win a 2023 Ford Big Bend Bronco SUV, which would be a, a marginal upgrade over the SIGRAV4. <laughs> It'd be a pretty significant upgrade. Yeah. Um, buy two get one free monster energy drinks Uh, they also have beatbox hard tea buy two get one free all sorts of great deals over there make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff right now text phnx to 31310 to join their sms subscriber club and get a buy one get one free offer on 32 ounce polar pops head to circlek.com store-locator to find circle k's near
2: you now jesse you're headed from one state that is extremely sunny to another state that is also kind of sunny. Very sunny. I mean, it is almost like it's summer and it is sunny everywhere. Yeah. So when it is sunny, you need to find yourself a pair of shady rays. They are quite possibly... The best sunglasses that I have ever owned. And actually, I will stand here and say that they are. To sit here and say that they are. <laughs> no, you have to stand up now, Jacob. No, I'm good. The best sunglasses <laughs> that I
1: have ever. You would be entirely off the I camera. Know, I the last thing up. we need is Jacob to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: we don't want that. Um, they are the best sunglasses that I have ever owned. So make sure you get yourself a pair. And there is no lack of quantity of sunglasses on their webpage. I think you could go on there and spend hours browsing the colorways, the different styles of sunglasses, whether you like the pit vipers, like my boy Damon behind the Mac, or you're a more classic aviator navigator type guy like myself. You can find anything that you would like to wear on shady rays. So actually, I will say this. I never once have been like a sunglasses guy. Like even living in Arizona, I would I would yeah. wear or buy a pair of sunglasses and wear them maybe once. Yeah, I just killed my eyes growing up. Right, and then the never eyes. again. But with my Shady Rays, I make sure to have them everywhere I go. But get this. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. It's a lot of people. It is? It's a lot of people.
1: Uh well hey we appreciate you all being with us here today for this uh, ruckus of a Friday afternoon show uh it's been a lot of fun thank you to to both of you guys for for stopping in and apparently everyone's just ditching me around here <laughs> espo, um, espo
2: actually paid us to come be here uh, with you I figured, so. <laughs> I figured
1: yeah hanging out with me there's got to be some sort of incentive involved in order to put that on anyone uh but uh, you all should follow us on Twitter if you haven't already I'm at Jesse and Friedman. Jacob is at Jacob underscore Franklin four.
2: They are. And I believe, Michael, I think they do prescriptions in their glasses. Yeah, they do. There you go. Get on
1: it. (laughs) Uh, Danielle is at Danielle. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Nailed it. Um, uh, Damon, you can also follow our our maniac behind the Mac. He is at DamonDog. You do have to bark when you when you follow him ruff, as, ruff, ruff. as is customary <laughs> around here. Uh, be sure to follow us uh, on Twitter, our beat account as well, at phnx underscore dbacks. And, of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, thank you all once again for being with us here today. We really appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you're buying at the trade deadline.